welcome to Life and Godliness with Joe. I'm your host, Joanna Simpson, a.k.a. Joe. <laughs> so many of us are struggling, feeling stuck, lost, wounded, and hopeless when Jesus came so that we could be free and live abundantly. He wants us to enjoy him, know how he sees us, and represent his heart to our family, friends, colleagues, and the nations. But how can we do this if we're bogged down by life's problems? Well, Life on Godliness with Joe hopes to help persons enjoy life with Christ by sharing Christ-inspired solutions to everyday problems and dig up deep-rooted mindsets that skew our perception of the Father. After all, the scripture says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness, to quote a popular artist, life is hard, but God is good and he's patient in our journeys. So join me as we figure out life together on this week's Life and Godliness with Joe. Welcome to Life and Godliness with Joe. Today, we are going to be hearing from myself and my husband, Damoy. Today, we're going to be sharing a little bit about our marriage. Um, this month, Eight years. years. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, husband. Eight years of marriage. And, um, you know, it's been eight years of life together, figuring out what that means to be married. I mean, at the beginning of this season, you heard a little bit about my personal journey. And now I'm going to share, we are going to share a little bit about our journey together. But I want to say that on um on our anniversary my husband blew my mind you know and um yeah he blew my mind so i'm a kind of inquisitive not inquisitive but i'm an investigative person Mm -hmm. so my brain the first word she said was right (laughs) don't listen to him don't listen to him right but my brain whenever i hear something my brain just automatically begins to go to work it try to figure out um what's happening and settle on some kind of conclusion which isn't always good for me but you know that thank god for jesus because you know jesus sets us right but anyhow so the night before now i said okay um you know i because i was saying boy i want to do something i want to do something fun and usually we kind of just talk about what we want to do even though i love surprises and then we do something or we don't do something and you know so the night before him start say you know Babe, you know, you don't want to go to bed early. You, you must go to bed early. Oh, before that, it started before that. Babe, you should do your hair. And I'm like, oh, mm, hair. Okay, fine. And I did my hair. And then he's like, babe, you should, you should go to bed early, uh, you know. Um, and I was like, how about this man? But, um, you know, I had some work to do. So I, I, I said, okay, I'll go to bed. And I was putting my son to sleep. And he was in the bed. And then he said, okay, I soon come. I'm going. So when I came out now, I see the door lock. And I said, I want to go in there. So. So I said, okay, maybe he'll be going to do a video for me because he did one for my birthday. So I said, all right. But I said, God, you know, I don't want to know. I want it to be a surprise. So I don't want to think. It is it from my memory, you know. And, you know, but somehow, suddenly I didn't really feel like I had come to the right conclusion. But it was enough for me to be settled. So I said, okay, good, fine. So I went to bed now. And then I wake up in the morning. No, I didn't wake up in the morning. Well, I saw him get up in the morning, put on clothes. Oh, God, where am I going? So I said, okay, maybe he's actually going to do, to finish my video because he didn't get to finish it last night. So I said, okay, cool. So I went to bed. And um, I went to bed. And then now uh, he comes to the room and says, babe, 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 get up, get up, get up. We need to... um." We need to go now or else we're going to miss the place. I'm like, what? So I'm 
I don't know what he's talking about. I just drawn some clothes um, with my head scarf. With okay, we never even brush my teeth, nothing, and leave, right? Thank God you're wearing a mask. Eh? <laughs> yes, thank God I was wearing a mask. <laughs> and we left, and then him drive all over the place. So okay, I never tell him this way. I wonder, you know, is he going to show me a house? You know, like what is happening, right? Okay, you sure. can see his. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing at me, but you know, I'm trying to make sense of what is happening. Something happened after me. <laughs> You just don't think I could hide buying a house for <laughs> well, you a while. You just never know. And I know it's silly and, you know, kind of long, but, you know, I just couldn't figure it out and I'm like trying to figure it out. Anyway, so he carries me to this place and um, I'm like, where is He's like, get out of the car. So I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Where is this? I don't know. Like, I'm so clueless. And so, and then I came out to the car and he says, okay, when I, when I blew father drives up jump in the car so i'm like what but then i see the the gate opening behind me so i go inside and then i see a familiar face it's carissa clementson so i'm like carissa clementson okay so i'm walking in and i'm saying okay maybe i'm doing my makeup i don't know I don't, I don't know what's going on but then i went in i went to her establishment and i just saw makeup stuff so i'm like oh okay i get it now all right okay so i'm gonna do my makeup here and so I sat down there and um, did my makeup. But she was just as clueless. I thought maybe she knew what was happening. She was just as clueless as I was. And um, she did my makeup. And it was about you. I guess it was. <laughs> it was awesome. I got so many compliments. So, yo, Listen, <laughs> if you need makeup done. You hit up Carissa. I probably will leave a link somewhere. Yes, it's Carissa. Um, Carissa Zoe, I think, M-U-A on Instagram. Listen. Something like that. You can find her on Instagram. Makeup. Awesome. Nah, nah, that, 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 it's shot. It's shot. <laughs> it's shot. So now, after, it, after we finish now, come for me. But guess what? It was pouring rain. So I'll allow him to take it from there. Because by that time, everything else that I had planned um, was went out the window. And I kind of like it that way, you know. I tell Joanna the best way to, to surprise her is by surprising me too. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, how she said she is investigative, air quotes. Um, yeah, the best way to hide anything is, is, is when, you know, we, we do it. Kind of plan, kind of spawn to mix it up. So, you know, nobody really knows what's going on, but <laughs> we're just winging it, but we kind of know what we're doing. So, um, we had a plan because she thought I was doing a video. I don't know why she thinks I would be doing a video, I guess, because I was actually doing a video. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wanted to take some fresh photos, you know, um, of the day. Um, my plan was actually take photos and then we go out and we eat and watch a little movie somewhere. You know, and then, but that never worked out. Pouring rain, cancelled all of that. So, um, where we had planned for the shoot and what we had planned for the shoot, all that fell through. So, I was kind of, you know, it's like, what am I going to do? Um, then, um, her brother, John's brother, my brother in law, he kind of has a artistic eye. So, he was, you know, setting up the place so we could do an indoor shoot. We kind of did that, but we still wanted more. Um, and then um, my sister-in-law actually told us happy birthday anniversary. Um, and then in turn, us happy anniversary. I just told her that everything that I planned kind of like, I don't know what to do at this point in time. And she just gave me an idea. I was like, just head back to where you guys got married. I was like, that's a great idea. Because I actually wanted to go. Because we got married at Fort Charles. And I actually wanted to go back. Well, not go. I wanted to go somewhere. Like, I was thinking Waterfront, Palisades. To be honest, that's kind of how I... The, 
we found the area where we kind of found Fort Charles to get married because I was like, I want it to be on the waterfront, not like a beach, but near the water, somewhere, you know, nice and, and, and that you can drive out to. And that's Fort Charles. And it's so funny because it was kind of a similar mindset, but Fort Charles just never came in my mind. And we went we went to Fort Charles in the pouring rain on Palisades. It wasn't pouring in the bed. It was pouring. No, it wasn't pouring. It was starting to drizzle. No, it was raining. But when we got to Palisades, we saw a little bit of sunlight. So we jumped out and we just like, son, son, take photos, take photos fast. And then we went down to um, um, Fort Charles, which is now owned by the Port Authority. So... Yeah, it's it's FYI. not open. Public <laughs> guys, we found out when we got there. Um, yeah, um, they're, they're, I think they need to update that on their website. Um, as and then I was calling because I was calling and I couldn't get through. It was like yo, because we wanted to go to the Morgan's Morgan's Harbor, Morgan's Morgan. Yeah, Morgan's Harbor. Morgan's Harbor was as well. Um, so I was like, ah, all right. But we just we did some random photos and it came out lovely. Yeah. And it was fun. Like was I just, fun. you know, I'm just enjoying the day. Surprises. I love surprises. Right. So you know, just I decided that I was gonna enjoy the day, even what happened, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to thank my husband publicly for the awesomeness that he did for our anniversary. It was great, you know. But as one of my friends, oh. and I also want to say I love my wife. Um, she's been a motivator, a, not to make this all, you know, but she's been there for me time and time again. And I appreciate that. And everybody need to know this because I'm lending y'all my wife every single time she does a show. <laughs> and I'm sharing her with y'all. So I appreciate it. You know? um, yeah, so, um, but she just has a huge heart. You know, um, and it was the first thing that drew me to her. And so I guess I would still be more attracted to because her heart, since we've gotten married over these eight years, hasn't gotten smaller. It's only increased in size. So I guess it's becoming increased. It's it's increasingly attractive. You know, this is somebody who Aww. cares and, and loves a lot. I mean, so. when you hear him, you must think I'm a... <laughs> I'm so far from it. So, I mean, we're going to get it later. But I'm like, for him to think this and, and know me is Jesus. Right? <laughs> um, you know? And I mean, for him to think this and know me, can it also speaks to his character and who he is um, and who he has been to me. And, you know, just this, a very patient, sacrifice man. But anyhow... We're not even reached here yet. I was just giving you guys a little taste of the anniversary. And as my friend said, you know, um, you know, that anniversaries, no, she didn't, no, she wasn't saying anniversary. She was just saying that, you know, today was like one of those, marriage is one of those things where you have expense and sometimes the expectations don't match up to what you experience and you have detours, but God still makes it beautiful. So let me ask you. What, how did you know that I was the one? Oh, how did I know that you were the one? The one! As I said, well, um, I wasn't looking for nobody. I was cool with me and God. I was I literally, the year before I met Joanna, or I met her in the latter part of a year that I had went on what I call a girl fast with God. I wasn't looking for any relationships. 
wasn't seeking anybody was just spending time with God. If any, oh, and that year, oh, I had the most propositions for relationships. <laughs> wasn't it a thing? Yeah, but I just decided, yo, it was me and God that year. Um, and now that my girl, just me and God. Um, and after that, at the end of that year was when I met Joanna. Um, when I met her, uh, she challenged my faith, which was good. Um, she challenged my walk. But not only that, I had written down a list of all the things that I wanted in a girl, you know, as a wife. Um, and the only thing I said on that list, I don't know where that list is, but <laughs> I remember the only thing on the list that Joanna didn't meet was she wasn't um, she wasn't a Latina. <laughs> but that's fine because she has she has um, Spanish in her blood. She, she. Right, so um, she met everything, everything on the list. Um, and then I got the confirmation over and over. And even during the period while we were courting, I prayed more for God if this is not the relationship ended than for God to actually keep us together. I wanted to ensure that this is as like this God if this is not it, please end it. God if this is not it, please end it. God if this is not it, please end it. So um the mere fact that we're here together for me. And then we had several confirmations afterwards. <laughs> like what? Um so apparently my dad who was a pastor oh, yes. met her dad who was a pastor um years ago literally probably when i was like probably three or four or two or so and my that my dad said the lord had said to him remember that name remember the name bruce Fletcher because um you're gonna hear that name again um and my dad was like okay all right cool long after we married my dad well no I think it was- when we got married or when we we're getting close to the time uh my dad shared me that story that you know the lord told him to remember the name of her father because he's gonna be hearing that name again and by the way let me just tell you something <laughs> how i met the moist father is i went to his brother his brother's wedding and i went to his brother's wedding and a gentleman came up to me and said hi i'm your father-in-law and i'm like huh what because i had i was in no relationship um <laughs> i had no boyfriend at that time even though my friends would tease me to say that i had a not boyfriend because i would always say he's not my boyfriend but i guess they thought we would we were acting like that um you know but for me i knew i believe the lord um because of course even though i wanted to get married like marriage is a big deal so um the lord spoke to me in one day when i was fasting and praying through a book and it was really through a story um that was being um, given in this book and the story spoke to me in a way where I felt like it resembled what, what was happening between Damoy and I and through that I just believe that God spoke to my heart I mean this is Christian term but I just believe it's I don't know how to clearly state it but it it was somehow spoken to my heart that yes this is what God was saying but that wasn't enough for me God had to keep um you know, confirming it and confirming it and confirming it through his word because I'm like, Lord of mercy, I'm going to get married to this guy. And, you know, this is forever. This is one digga digga guy forever. I need to be sure, you know. So he had to go through the grilling of the parents. So he asked my parents to court me. He asked my parents for my hand in marriage, you know. And then I kind of tried to say, do my fr- what do my friends think? Because, of course, you know, it's not that you want everybody to dictate 
um, who you marry or hold so much weight that it overshadows yours. But to me, these were external persons who I knew loved me, wanted my best interest. They, they weren't bad-minded me to say they didn't want me to get married. They wanted my, they wanted me to get married. They wanted the best thing for me. And so I felt I could entrust them with um, giving me feedback uh, about Damoy. And it wasn't necessarily that I said, what do you think about Damoy? You know? But it was just getting a sense from them of what they thought. And so, um, in one sense, all systems go. I got, I got, I would say I got all the approval I need, both from God, from my parents and family, from my friends. And so, yeah, we got married. So when we were preparing to get married, what was that like for you? Um, what was that that like for you when you were to marry? (laughs) You should share that part. (laughs) Well, I mean... Getting married, first of all, I didn't want to get married from a long time, from like our first year of a relationship. But Damoy was like, no, we need to wait. We need to wait. And of course, this was um, an indication of who Damoy is and would be throughout the marriage period and both, sorry, throughout the preparation for um, the wedding and for marriage. So he eventually... He surprised me. If you want to hear more about that, you can go to IVWED um, on YouTube or you can go to um, you can go to House of Clay and you will see our interview with House of Clay with the Allens and you will hear a little bit more about that story. And he surprised me with an engagement at Goblin Hill, which was just beautiful. And then we started to prepare for the most beautiful thing. The most beautiful event of life. But it was the hardest. <laughs> it was so hard. I thought she was going to talk about salvation. So. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> of, of, of course, after salvation. <laughs> right? But in terms of, you know, what just one of those things that every girl looks forward to. I didn't have all my wedding plans sorted out. Even though that's what I thought so. But, you know... um. It was uh, it was challenging. It was different because we had different expectations. So for one example is that before Damon was like, Oh, the wedding is for the female and the honeymoon is for the male and then when we we're planning the wedding he had all of these ideas and I'm like, Who are you? I don't want you to have ideas. Okay, that was selfish, but you know, that's just I was like, Why are you changing up things on me? you know? Just make a decision and let's follow through. Again, this is something that I've, you know, we had to deal with, um, you know, in marriage at different points, and not as a, a as a bad thing for him, but I've had to learn that sometimes I like responses soon, and so sometimes that forces him to give a response that's not necessarily, or puts pressure, I would say, on him to give responses that's not necessarily true to what he believes. Um, but, you know, just the wedding day was an issue. I got so mad. I, you know, the venue was an issue. And then just differences in personalities, differences in how we do things. He would, he, he would be thinking more of a small, intimate wedding. I had like, we had over 200 people on the wedding, at the wedding. (laughs) Um, we had a grand production um (laughs) grand production. (laughs) You know, and I kept adding things. Again, you can see highlights of this production on Ivy Wade if you're interested. But and I kept planning things, and it was a challenge for him. Mm. Oh, um, 
to be honest, I don't fully remember uh, everything. I just knew <laughs> that, you know, I wanted to have those persons who were important to me um, represented that day. And I know it was a day that um, it's a day for the bride and stuff. But, you know, the funny thing is Joanna had given the wedding over to the Lord. Funny yes, thing about that. That is true. So, I didn't remember that. So Joanna giving the wedding over to the Lord. She didn't recognize what she was doing. So I do believe that even looking back, um, even just from people who were at the wedding, the testimonies, I said that was one of the, that wedding really, they love how God was glorified during that wedding. So I love that as well. Um, but also, you know, it's just, sorry, just to say what I meant by giving that wedding over to the Lord was my desire, my, everything that I did at the wedding or I, everything that we did in the wedding was intentional, but meaning every production type aspect of the wedding was intentional in that I wanted it to be fun, but I also wanted it to be one, um, an event that would encourage people's marriage. That would be a testament of who God is to us um and you know encourage people towards the lord it should be a testimony it should be a light and things were very difficult it was hard to plan and so eventually i had to just submit the wedding to the lord and say lord this is yours i want it to be bigged up to be recognized to be seen in the wedding on the wedding day and uh, yes yeah, that's why i said when i did that it did not go according to my plan in terms of the preparation but on the day the day was perfect. Like, every single thing that I wanted, I got. Every single, almost every single, not every single, but almost every single person or category of person I wanted there was there. You know, God showed up <laughs> and blew my mind. But yeah. Alright, so, um, her giving that over to God, God has a, has a way, you know. When you, he, you said this is what you want, he knows how to get there. You think you know how to get there, right. but he's like, nah, you won't get there. <laughs> right? So I think that's what happened. Um, so it was re- it really was a good night. It really was a, 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 a memorable day. So, yeah, that's about the wedding. Mm-hmm. So what was it like getting married? Um, what was that transition like for you? Um, getting married. Um, so this is after the wonderful, lovely wedding day. Oh. By the way, did we have sex on our wedding day? Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> that question took him by surprise, but just being real here, guys. Um, you know, sometimes people, I remember my friends told me from the beginning that, you know, sometimes you won't have sex on your wedding day. Um, and that could be for a number of reasons if you are virgins both of which we were i mean which we both were okay. <laughs> um you know it, it could mean that there takes some time to get acclimatized mm-hmm. and then also you could just be so tired that it just don't happen i mean what happened was um i was already prepared because i was told yo you have the rest of your life you don't have to force have sex on that night and just take it easy learn to appreciate each other look back on the night just allow the day to progress how it will, how it naturally does. And really, that's what we allowed, you know. So, um, we were going to a hotel afterwards, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, if it didn't happen that night, it's going to happen soon. So, I was like, I, I waited all my life up to that point. I, I, <laughs> I could wait a day or two. 
and that was good because his approach was good for me because then it um it took a pressure off of me to you know i mean i was a sexual being the night but not you know it took the pressure off of the night and so you know we were able to yeah grow into that during in that week and life beyond um the whole process of integration really that was a whole process in terms of now being responsible for this this person you know um decisions i was making wasn't by myself but you know i had to be considerate of somebody else so that was it was cool it was interesting because there was this newfound freedom that yo i can do because i wasn't really I wasn't really living under my own house. So this is the first time living under my own roof with my own rules and all that. There's a newfound freedom there. But then even after that newfound freedom, um, you know, you, you don't recognize, oh, it's not really newfound freedom. You have a wife. What does that mean? Um, You're not free with a wife? No, it means I'm free with my wife. <laughs> but I'm not free from my wife. <laughs> you know? The sooner you guys learn that, the, the better you have it in your marriage, I promise you. You know, so, I mean, to be honest, we had a good marriage counselor. And I think, you know, just learning from a lot of marriages before us, learning from even my parents' marriage, just, just learning even from scripture and, you know, conversations with the Lord, you know, um, my own quiet time with God. You know, I kind of felt um, that it wasn't really, you know... Um, foreign to me in terms of let me explain it was it was it was new but i felt guided i felt that i had a frame of reference you know so um i knew how to walk it through um and one thing i knew was just to be very um what's the word patient and gracious because i believe that's how because i'm a big person who believe that you know the marriage as a matter of fact during our wedding counseling the counselor had asked us you know what's the point if you weren't christian what would be the point of getting married as as like would you get married i was like nope i would not get married if i'm not a christian it's no point it's no point this is like if i'm not a christian i would be a, a truly selfish i would i would be selfish i would want i would be selfish i'd be looking out for me myself if i'm not a christian why am i looking for anybody else you know so i would have been a selfish being and then marriage is not a selfish institution it is an institution of selflessness, sacrificial giving consistently, you know. Um, so I recognized that, um, you know, so in, 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 in deciding that, okay, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to give myself daily and, and I, it better be somebody who's worth it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what happened, what happened to was, you know, so you enjoyed the marriage and then the reality and came back from the wonderful honeymoon and then the reality hit me that I'm leaving my parents' house, which is what I really wanted to do all this time. And not because they were bad, but it's because you want, you're, old, you're growing older now, you want to live with your husband and move on in your adult life. And I came home from my honeymoon and bald. Yes. <laughs> One bag of balling. <laughs> and then went to my new home, which was further away from where I had grew up with all my friends and family um, and, you know, other places that I knew. Still in Jamaica, though, mm -hmm. but just different. And in Portmore. 
Yeah, I used to listen to this song called My Joy by Chrisette Michelle. And that- cry. <laughs> she would cry. <laughs> and you're a new you're a new husband with this lady in your house <laughs> sitting down balling. And there's nothing you can do but just, you know, um try to comfort but then it's not really comfort, it's just I don't know. So so yeah, it was a process. A process. It was almost like a process of death. A process of losing, a process of grieving, that's the word. A process of grieving where, um, as I said, that was a song that I danced to with my father. And so it was this process of letting go, recognizing that I really loved my family. <laughs> you know, that I'm in the position to, to leave. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, but just letting go of the position in a sense that they held and the special place that they had. And, you know, I had gotten a word at my shower. A prophetic word that said, you know, don't look back. Not not at my parents and not to forsake my parents, but on my past life, on what life was like before, but just continue to move forward in the Lord. I mean, even keeping us through the process, um, growing together, that was a whole new thing. Um, becoming, because the Bible said to become one, you know. Um, I don't think that, at what year does that happen? Does that happen the first year? Does that happen at the... I mean, you are one, but then there's a process as well. There's a process of becoming one, you know. Um, and so, learning Joanna, you know, um, it it was it took a while. I mean, it when I say took a while, I mean it took eight years. I'm still learning. <laughs> um, still, still up to this point. Um, so it was it's it's interesting to see how she has grown. Um, and the thing about marriage, which is which is one of the things that will forever stick with me, which is why, yo, we should have a life partner because, yo, for you to learn someone and to help somebody and, and to walk with a person, that really requires an entire lifetime. For me to learn my wife is going to take an entire lifetime because she she's a constantly evolving person. You know, um, gone from this, you know, um, you know, fittery, um, 20-something-year-old girl to this, now stately woman who is now looking to make impact and all these things and have our own radio talk show. We never thought Joanna would have a talk show in, you know. Nothing in Right. So, but yet here we are. You know, so even just walking with that and through the process, um, it's good to learn who my wife is, um, but also to be facilitative to that process. Um, and I think in terms of, and just to speak to any, any guys who, who, who understand what, uh, who looking to get married. This is really what you're doing. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that Paul spoke about, that Paul spoke about authority being given to him for the sake of the church, you know? Um, and it really shows you the, the reason for authority. So men are the head of the house, yes, but the authority is given to you so that you're, so that you would be partnering with God to help to build up your wife into who God wants her to be. And so that is the rule. So you now become the found, you now become a foundation for her to build on and 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 to really fulfill who she needs to be. And I must say that Damar really was that for me. Um, you know, I it, one of the things that preparing for the wedding did for me is that it began to teach me about submission in marriage. Now I had grown up seeing my mother, who is a very strong person with very strong opinions and a very strong personality 
submit to my father. And so I was like, yes, I'm going to submit to my husband. And, you know, but then when the rubber met the road, it was rough. It was hard. It wasn't easy, you know, to, to submit. But it, I had to learn that um, we, for example, some of our decision making, the ways we made decision was different. Sometimes I could make decisions a bit more impulsively, but not, not just impulsively, but just quicker. And that more would take more time to more yeah that more wouldn't take more time to make the decisions and i had to learn to submit to um his process whether or not the decision was still the same decision that i would have made you know i had to learn to submit to um to the way in which he made decisions and just his authority and his belief and some of the things that he believed was right um and definitely through marriage you know you recognize that it's like in your life, everything is a leveling up. It's a stage. So, for example, you know, I could be considered a rebellious child or teenager when I was younger. But then when I gave my life to the Lord, I submitted myself to my parents. And I was like, okay, great. And then I got married and I had I had to learn, and I'm still learning, submission to um, my spouse, you know. But I must say it helped to be submissive, to be submissive, because I knew for a fact that Damoy loved me and that he was seeking to make decisions in my best interest. Um, I didn't always think so at times, to be honest, um, but I always had that general framework that Damoy loved me, um, you know, he cared for me and that he was seeking with the Lord, seeking the Lord, you know, doing the best that he could to make the right decisions for his household. Um, even on that topic of authority and submission, just to further it a little bit, um, it wasn't, I, I, one of the things that I said even before I got married was, yo, I don't want a girl with me to go tell her, say, yo, me are the man, da, 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 I mean, gosh, I, yo, I'm not about that life having to assert my authority over my wife. I'm, I wanted somebody who understood that the reason why God made authority was because you can't have a two-headed beast. You understand me? A marriage with two heads is a two-headed beast. And even in the same where there's a scripture that speaks about Jesus um, being equal to God in all parts, he submitted himself to God. You know, so I mean, I don't think that I am greater or any, you know, um, any great, whatever, you know. My wife is heading to do her PhD. <laughs> you know, I just have my first degree. And I'm not, I don't feel any inferiority by that. And I said that deliberately because, you know, some men, they tend to have an inferiority if, if their wife is earning more money, is more educated, is more, you know, you can't, you can't be the best in everything, you know, and that's not the aim, you know. And for those who struggle with that, what you're really struggling with is a self-esteem issue. Um, and and really you find comfort in God and in who you are. So for me, I wasn't trying to outshine my wife. You know, I want I wanted to be a platform for her to shine. You know, so um, in 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 submission, I in honest in in getting in being given the trusted the authority over my wife. Um, it was. 
always I, I learned something from a pastor John he, he, he said something and it was it's crazy because the scripture actually says submit yourselves one to another yeah. you know um, and the reason why you submit yourself one to another is the man the woman is supposed to submit to her husband's lead the man is supposed to submit to his wife's need you know and then the scriptures then go on to say that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Many people forget that and gave himself for her. So what that mean? If she needs an arm, I give her an arm. If she needs blood, I give her blood. If she needs sweat, I give her sweat. If she needs tears, I give her tears. So um, I give to my wife consistently um, and I sacrifice to give. So regardless of what that means, it means I put myself in a state of discomfort to ensure she's comfortable. I put myself in harm's way to ensure she's protected. I I do what hurts if I believe it's for her best interest. Now I'm not saying I make all the best decisions sometimes. I guess sometimes I'm selfish. Won't lie about that. And sometimes I do hurt my wife. And that does happen. You know? So when when those time comes I don't try to, you know, pretend as though you know i am i'm i'm without fault or without ill you know apologize i repent do whatever i need to do but i i never try to claim you know superiority because of who i am i was just given this responsibility to help my wife and i treat it as such you know it's nothing more nothing less if 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 you know she is just as capable as anybody is you know, but I'm I'm blessed to know that she's willing to submit her leadership or submit the leadership of the household to me. So that's something beautiful and something should be be respected. Um, should be um, mentioned. Really take that to heart. You know, and don't treat it as what's the word? As as yeah. and uh, yeah, it just shouldn't be taken for granted. You know, so yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I mean. Um, we went through a period where it was hard for me to submit, um, though, and you recognize that like things are multidimensional. So, you know, I would submit more easily in one area than another area. And I remember there was a particular area that it was very hard for me to submit. It was hard for me to believe that he had my best interest at heart. Um, in fact, I really didn't think he had my best interest at heart. I don't think he was caring about me. And... You know, but at that point in time, I had to know, in a sense, um, what's the word? It's almost like, it's not elevate. You know, you take something to a higher authority. I had to know, move my submission from my husband to God. So I was submitting to my husband, you know, but it was really as a consequence of me submitting to God because I did not feel like he cared about me. And so I had to rest and kind of remain in with the perspective that i was accountable to god for my submission to my husband regardless of whether i believed he was treating me well or treating me the way i thought i should be treated or treated me you know yeah just the way i thought i should be treated and so you know there were times for me during that period where i thought about leaving him you know, even though we, we sang a song, Dying to Love You, that in that verse, and I, I specifically wrote that little piece of verse that says, when my mind says, leave him, and it's hard to believe him, still I'll hold on to Jesus and never let go. And you know, my mother said it the other day, 
you, you must be careful about the words that you speak <laughs> because that those two lines were tested that those two lines were tested there were you know times when i thought okay i'm scanning to figure out okay how can i leave how can i get out of this because this is not working and you know i, I remained because um i knew he loved me and uh, even though i didn't feel like i was being treated well in a particular sense and it was he wasn't beating me <laughs> there was no um, emotional <laughs> abuse you know? <laughs> none of those things so let's be just clearing the air there was this aspect that was it was close to my heart but it was also close to his he was trying to navigate how to um he was trying to figure out how to navigate the situation. But for me, I was just feeling hurt and bruised. And, uh, you know, so I had to begin to kind of say, all right, I know that at the end of this situation, I am accountable to God. So I must submit and respect even though I don't want to. And so for a period of time where I when I struggled with that, that's how I survived. Did you know that? Okay. Okay. That you were submitting to God. Yeah. I think you're vocal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Right. So, but, you know, um, to, it's funny because it was the part of the marriage that was the hardest for for us. Um, I think was the part that, that I submitted most to God. I didn't even rely on my own. What I was doing to me would have probably not made sense. You know, but I believe that this was what the Lord had said. And I, I, was, I was just trusting that word because I felt like I was, if you were to ask me if I was convinced that this was what the Lord was saying, I would say with all my heart. And so because I believed that and I didn't want to be walking in disobedience, it was hard to see my wife going through, you know, being hurt. And I was like, but I'm doing what I believe the Lord says, you know, um, and um, when when she's hurt and then she's coming back to me, I'm going back to God and say, "Oh, this is your fault. <laughs> you need to sort this out because I'm doing what you tell me to do, and here I am taking the blame. So you sort out yourself. <laughs> I don't know how you can sort this out, but you need to sort yourself out, God. You know, um, and it in 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 looking over our marriage these eight years, I could still see the hand of God in the middle middle of everything. Yeah, you know, um. We could still see the hand of God. So, in 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 being trusted with the, the responsibility to lead, I am also um, aware or conscious that I am not just being given the authority to lead, but also I am expected to also submit to the one who is leading me. You know, which is Jesus. So I'm leading. I'm I'm leading as I'm being led. You know. So. The thing is, if I was not submitting to my lead, could I be trusted to lead, you know? Mm. Um, and so, I believe I was doing what the Lord wanted me to do. And to this day, if you ask me, yes, I do believe that's what the Lord had said. I don't believe it hasn't changed. I, I still believe. You know, it's just, sometimes, and it's, it's hard to understand, but there's, Sometimes the Lord leads you into the wilderness to be tested. Yeah. You know, that is a thing. You yep. can check scripture if you don't believe me. The Lord will lead you in, 
Mark, be mark it down. The Lord will lead you into the wilderness to be tested. Yeah. Um, and, and when he leads you into the wilderness to be tested, you have to understand that this is also for your good. You know, this is also um, to, 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 to be honest, I'm, I'm not a big fan of tests. I don't like it. I yeah. hate exams. I was like, why you have to test me? I don't need to be tested. If you want me to do something, make me do it. You don't need to test if me know how to do the thing. Just make me do it. <laughs> you know? If you don't, if you don't believe, say me can't do it, ask somebody else. <laughs> you know? But, but, I'm under, but I understand that there is a place for testing. Um, that's a whole other sermon about why we need to be testing and why you have to go through testing. But, um, and even so, I don't believe I've received the full revelation of it because I'm not a fan of it. But I do understand that um, in going through testing, it then validates, verify um, some of the claims that you make. In, and sometimes it's to prove to you, not necessarily, you know, prove to you what God already knows. You know, so God knows this. But you don't know it. And the only way for you to know it is for you to go through a test. Mm. You know? Um, and what, what, yeah, it tests also, it, 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 as you prove your knowledge, you understand me, as you prove yourself, it then qualifies you for promotion. Um, and even, and, and to be honest, promotion in this day and age is just another year of marriage. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, promotion in this day and age is really just another year of marriage because we really live in a time where a lot of marriages are going through a lot of struggles, and I want to speak to this for a little while. Um, if your marriage is going through a struggle, you know, I've I've come to the conclusion I've learned that marriage, I know that marriage is supposed to be between a man and a woman and God. This is actually a it's a tripartite um, covenant. It has three. It has three parties. It's not just you and your wife. It's you, your wife, and God. Your commitment is not just to, to your wife or, or your wife, or our wife to her husband. It's a commitment to God and to your wife. And when you break any part of that covenant, you're breaking it with two parties. And so you want to ensure that you respect, you know, um, that. And I'm not. And I'm speaking not just to say, yo, you know, we know marriage is not easy. You know, it is, but <laughs> um, we also should, I would, I'd, I'd encourage everybody not just to be in a vacuum with your marriage. There's the Bible said, there's no temptation that is, that is, um, oh God, it's unique to, to, to man. It's, it's not you alone is happening to, there are many marriages who are struggling all over the world with the same issues. And there are people who are there who can help you. There's communities there that can help you if you're struggling with your marriage in, in whatever area, whether it's the three, the three, the big three, the big three, you know, money, communication, and sex. Those are the three things that destroy marriages. So, um, you know, if you need help in any area, be open. And the church, I mean, it, I'm, I'm encouraging people who are within the church, be open to help. If you're, if you're, you're in marriage and, you know, help a younger marriage help talk to people check on people see how they're doing because just because people say i'm fine doesn't mean i'm fine you know um and encourage people you know encourage is is the bible said that as long as it's today we should encourage people so you know, even as we embark on our new beginning we want to encourage marriages we want to pray for marriages um because 
truly what marriage is it really is um it's the first it's the first picture or image or view that the world will get of a union of christ and the church mm. you understand me um Preach. and even though that sounds very spiritual you know that's why god kind of wanted to bring it down into a real realm you know uh, even as a husband and a wife you don't see them as two you see them as one if and even me i had to learn that i had to learn that when the lord speaks to my wife he's speaking to me when the lord puts something on her heart as this is what something you know she needs to do that is the lord speaking to me you understand me and it doesn't mean that he doesn't carry it back to the lord if it doesn't yeah yeah well, yeah, yeah. You know, test you know? every word yeah. i mean the angel did speak to mary and then spoke to joseph you understand me but i do understand that when the lord has given her a word right i also need to because when um elizabeth elizabeth is the one who got the name for for um john yeah. right but john's father what name is it zachariah right um right um zachariah got the word through his wife you understand me he got the word through his wife um so when the lord speaks to one he's also speaking to the other that's one. very funny that you use that example why because if we think about having a child what are we having do you remember no i don't remember so okay so in 2017 um i'm i'm doing my phd and one of the things that i believe at this point well no i'll do my i'm doing my phd and in time a time at the church um praying worshiping god at church and i believe the lord says to me um baby blessing so it's like okay um and i went to my pastor at the time and i said it to her and she said yes yeah, she believes she it will it essentially was a confirmation to her because she believed that that's also something that the lord was saying to her it's like it was time for us to have a baby and so I spoke, I carried it to my husband and he was like, eh. <laughs> you don't know about that. I said, pray about time. And the Lord <laughs> says, test every word. <laughs> I started praying about when, Lord, when, you know, and when, when is the time? And, you know, I believe I got the time in my, you know, as I prayed and stuff. But when I sent it, said it to him, he was like, nope. And, you know, I mean, the truth is at that time, I, like, you know, I, my, my, I wasn't at the, in the frame of mind to have a child. But, you know, once the Lord said it, I said, okay, as usual, um, my perspective is always, if the Lord says this, I want my desire to be this. So Philippians 2.13 says, God will work in us to will and to do his good pleasure. So I began to pray to say, Lord, give me this desire, you know, and give, make me prepared to do this. Um, nevertheless, as I said, my husband, when I said to him, so I'm like, okay, we're going to start trying in May. He's like, eh, eh, no, no, no. And eventually he was saying, okay, June. June? Yeah, June. And, you know, so that's, that is interesting <laughs> that he used that example because, yeah, we lived it, you know, that the Lord spoke to me. And in one sense, he, I believe the Lord had to speak to me, you know, because if Damoy got that word, he ain't carrying no child in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> So if he got that word and he already, but I'm not, it's like, hmm, you know, 
but the Lord in his awesome, gracious goodness, you know, prepared me first and then, you know, he wasn't a quick follow up. <laughs> you know, it wasn't hard for him to get there. Um, you know, one of the things that is important for me and definitely one of the things I think is important when thinking about going into marriage and just being aware of in marriage, one of my friends told me, you know, when you are married, your husband will do things um, differently from you. And it's not necessarily that they're wrong. They're just different. And I heard that. And so I bore that in mind. But I did not really take into consideration how different our backgrounds were and how challenging it could be to, in a sense, integrate within each other's spaces um, and way of life, you know? And so just to say that, yeah, I'm going to want to take out that. Is there anything you want to say about that? Yeah, so just, you know, in terms of in becoming one, um, Damoy spoke about it being between yourself, God, and he, and your husband or your spouse. But it's also between your husband, God, and their communities. communities. <laughs> and communities, you know? And so that, you know, sometimes people talk about issues with mother-in-laws and, um, you know, I didn't have that, that issue. Um, but you know, you, 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 you hear about different issues with community and it's just so important for us to recognize, to give each other grace, um, as we seek to figure out and navigate the spaces that we have to now bring together as one. And I mean, when you get married, you kind of feel like, oh yeah, um, we're not, we are now one, you know, but in one sense, um, and this is a little bit of Christianese now. We are one positionally. <laughs> you what know? I mean? Meaning that officially <laughs> declared in the heavens. <laughs> declared in the heavens, in a sense, we are one. But then, in a sense, we have to now grow into this oneness. So our lives, our lifestyle, the things that we do, who we are, um, you know, in a sense, now has to meld into one, you know, and... Some of that is painful. It's not necessarily easy. It's not a walk in the park. Park, but I would say it's beautiful. You know, one of the thing, another thing that for me I'm learning, just reflecting on our marriage, is a strong marriage. Even though we are relatively still early <laughs> in our marriage, but let's just we're just talking about for up to the point that we're married, married so far. But a strong marriage is between two healed. Or healing persons you know I believe that um, one is important for us to recognize that we are married to somebody not just that yes they're imperfect but sometimes I don't like to use the word imperfect but you know but it's somebody who is on a journey with God a journey of growth a journey of healing and you know we are he being healed from the different hurts and difficulties that we had in the past, you know, and that's not easy. So that means that sometimes we both get the raw end of the stick. And I know even for our marriage, you know, that I had to deal a lot with my own struggle with and processing of insecurity. How, how did you deal with that? 
Um, when oh, in dealing with insecurity, I, I won't even speak as though I didn't have my own insecurities. Um, and in dealing with my insecurities, it really requires vulnerability. You know, um, sharing my vulnerability, sharing the areas that I feel weak and I don't feel, you know, that I don't feel like I have it all together. That's just facts. That's just life. You can't have everything all together. Nobody's Superman. Even Superman had kryptonite. Um, so unless you're Batman, then all right, you kinda, you kinda, <laughs> you have everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can you tell I'm a Batman fan? All right. Um, so it requires you to be honest with yourself. Um. And in, in that honesty, you have to be aware that you don't fully, you aren't fully able to, 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 to identify all the things you're going through or why you're going through all the things you're going through. And what that means is a lot of things influence your behavior. Mm. Um, and a lot of them happened when you were, some of them may have happened when you're young in your formative years. You've learned, you know, as a child, you went through something. Um, it doesn't mean necessarily have to be traumatic, but it just has to be impactful. Um, and as you, you've you learned that this is, and then you've reacted to it in a particular way. And then every time something similar happens, you just naturally react to a particular cir- circumstance in a particular way. And you've gotten older, you've forgotten about why you react in that way. You just know that this is how you've always reacted. Mm. You know, so now you're on autopilot. You're Y'all like, hearing this wisdom? Mm. It's the Lord's wisdom, not human wisdom. Anyway, what I mean, I, just, I didn't plan this. I didn't. I don't have it all sitting down. I don't know if I read a book with it. I just, as I'm talking, it's coming to my mind. So, um, you know, it's it's it, you're just reacting. You know, and so in 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 being open and vulnerable, and just you know, where you don't know, just I don't know. Where you feel hurt, say I feel hurt. Where you feel, um, where where you feel insecure, where you don't feel safe. Say it, you know. Um, it's hard, but it, it's necessary, you know. Um, and even when we talk to the man, them, the man, them, yo, you know, you, some yo, when you go shooting, sometimes you just don't want to talk. You just you just go and keep it to yourself and you just go and bounce and. I saw I saw a meme the other day where a girl said, "How to know if your husband, if your boyfriend or husband is upset with you? If him say ah, yeah man. If him say ah, you know he's upset. If him say yeah man, do your thing, you know him vex. <laughs> if, <True. laughs> if him say, if him say just if him say anything along those lines, you know you do you, yeah man, do your thing. You see me." In many instances, that's 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 them withdrawing. That's 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 um, distancing language, you know. So um, men, we don't like to talk. We don't like feelings. We hate feelings, which is why we don't like Lifetime movies. <laughs> which is why we don't like Hallmark movies. <laughs> we don't like to deal with an you know a a a a bundle of emotions, you know. Um, so, but. Just be honest, it, there comes a time where it's important to deal with emotions because you will find yourself acting, you know, um, and not knowing why you're acting. I'll tell you something. Emotions is actually two words. Um, it's E and motions. 
I don't know where I'm going with. No, because I was this like, this is either very, wow, this is deep. This is either very smart or very stupid. Take it away, <laughs> <laughs> you will. You know, um, but I, it, I, I remember reading something somewhere, and was just saying that, um, that emotions are powerful because it actually is what activates you into action. Mm. You understand me? Um, your intellect doesn't do that. Your even even your 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 decisions making a decision, you know, may not necessarily move you into action. Um, a lot of persons, even their willpower, isn't enough to sustain them or to you know um, to carry them. But emotions are a powerful tool in that they cause you to do things. Um, they, it, it 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 spurs you into action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It spurs you into action, and. A lot of time when we want motivation, what we actually have to do is to remember a re- remember an emotion or remember something that causes us to feel a particular way and then we're spurred into action. So um, what the reason why I brought that up is because you don't want to be being you don't want to be spurred into action and not know why you're being spurred into action, what's what's the trigger? You know, and if the actor is the right action, many of the times it really is just for us to fr- frame a situation, right? Get the right perspective on a situation so that we can control our emotions in the situation. I don't know if I'm clear, right? Um, let me give an example. Um, a baby around a lion is not necessarily afraid um, because it doesn't have a frame of reference. It's not perceiving a danger. Uh, a grown-up around a lion will perceive a danger and then they'll be spurred into action. So um, in many ways, how we perceive um, a situation mm-hmm. dictates how we feel about a, a situation. And then how we feel about a situation then determines our action in the situation. So it a lot of it starts with our perception. We have, I don't believe we have a lot of control over our emotions, Right. But I do believe we have a lot of control over our perception, how we choose to perceive, which is why the Bible speaks a lot about truth, you know, um, disregarding a life. Whose report will you believe? Choosing to believe one thing over another. That's where faith comes into play. It's determining what I believe. And in determining what you believe, right, in, in now choosing your perception, the emotion the emotion follows. Um and even that goes a lot into marriage because how I see my wife, how I choose to view my wife, what I choose to believe about my wife determines my feeling towards my wife and also determines and helps to determine my response to my wife. And that's a very, very good point. I'm glad you made that there because I two times um, I remember before we got married, that you know i was just seeing all the negative about you and the lord told me that i needed to focus on the positive and i remember another time while we were married now this is you know um yeah while we were married and again i was just seeing all the negative and i'm like of course it made marriage difficult and i'm like why you know i'm stuck in this place (laughs) you know um but I recognized that it had to do with my focus, but then it also was an attack from the enemy, and that the enemy was also, in a sense, 
feeding my mind. Um, and I remember once, as I took authority over the thoughts that were happening, it's almost as if I felt something peel off of my head, you know? And so, you know, in our marriage, we have to be aware that yet our focus and our perception of our spouse really does inform how we feel and how we act. And then also, we have an active adversary who is really like one of his main purpose towards a marriage, if not his only, is to destroy it and to break it up, you know? And so sometimes uh, the things that we are going through is not just about um, us navigating our wilderness, but it's also being attacked by the enemy. And it's only in God, and sometimes I believe in time, <laughs> you know, that we will recognize which one we are experience, experiencing um, at the time. And just again, also on the note of vulnerability, you know, for a man to be vulnerable with his spouse, it requires the spouse to be a safe place, you know, um, a safe place for the for their spouse, for their husband, to be able to say, uh, say things or, you know, disclose aspects of himself that he usually keeps private. That he may not have necessarily shared with anybody else because there was nobody else that was so close. And for Damoy, Damoy likes to think so. A lot of his life has happened between him and God, you know, and so in between to, his ears, <laughs> in between his ears, <laughs> you know, but in between his ears and himself, but also between him and God. And he didn't necessarily have to bring anybody else into that private space, um, but in becoming one. It, 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 in a sense, forces this kind of um, openness that is needed for the marriage to work because you are living so closely with somebody. Your lives are intertwined, <laughs> you know? And so he has to, in a sense, take the initiative to be vulnerable. But as a wife, I have to learn and be able to be perceived as well as a safe place that he can entrust his vulnerabilities to. Because, you know, often, you know, when you think back maybe to your own relationships or to maybe movies, when a man loves a woman, like they love a woman, you know? And so when they are sharing aspects of them, their personal self, it's, it's a place where their ego can be bruised. And so, you know, men, um, I don't know if they actively do this, but spend a lot of time protecting their egos. Um, you know, and many of the things that they do are because of the ego, you know? And so as women, we have to nurture it, pray about our, pray for our husbands, um, and just be careful to ensure that we are not judging them for the things that they experience, that we are giving them the grace to be wrong and to do wrong things and to grow, even if it hurts at times. And, you know, when it does hurt, it's about, it's important to be open and honest. Um, and one of the things I love about Damoy is, you know, when he does something wrong, he's the first to come back, <laughs> you know, to talk about it and 
you know, sometimes he may not want to say anything, but... I don't think I'm always the first, but... I... He's not all... No, he tends to be... He, when you will do something wrong, you tend to be the first. Okay. You know, maybe if it is an argument... You know, not an argument, because it don't really... Yeah, we, we've had arguments, I would say. But, you know, it, it's not all the time when an argument has happened that you approach me, but definitely when something that you've done, you know? And so, yeah, so it's just important for us to be able to give grace, even when it's hurtful to us. And, you know, that reminds me of how important our individual relationships with God is, our individual relationships with God are. Um, because <laughs> it just because, you know, often... Because we are imperfect people, because we are people with flaws, weaknesses, you know, people that do wrong things, um, we can't focus always on our spouse to be everything that we need. In fact, we can't focus on our spouse to be everything that we need, you know? Um, in a sense, we our, our focus must always be Jesus is the answer, but he does provide answers through our spouse so we gain companionship through our spouse we can have fun with our spouse spouse um you know we <laughs> we can learn about god you know through our spouse but in it we always have to keep in mind bear in mind have at the center of our being and everything that we think that jesus is the answer and our spouse is secondary um that jesus is the answer so, yeah. So, you know, we have a little two-year-old who we love <laughs> for joy and our gift from God. Um, and it's been an adjustment even in our marriage, but I believe it's also, he has also been a blessing to our marriage, helping us to grow up. <laughs> I mean, so being married while being a parent, that's an interesting because now you, I think what's most important while being a parent and married is still to remember the priorities. It's God, my wife, and then my child. That's really the priority. Many mm -hmm. persons shift those priorities around. Mm -hmm. There's no shifting. My wife was given to me for the rest of my life. My child is supposed to go out from me in the same <laughs> way he went out from my loins he will go out from my home and find his own wife and start his own family i am not one with my children i am two with my children <laughs> i am one with my wife and so it's important to not just become partners or co-workers with your wife which is very easy to do you know um in in working to take care of your child you are actively still becoming one it's not a passive um instruction it's a active instruction to become one you know um, and so it still means i have to give time to my wife you know it still means i have to still be aware give an ear listen let me explain to gentlemen, if you're out there listening and you want to get married and you don't have the skill of listening, you might <laughs> want to, you know, rethink the decision you're about to make. True. Listening <laughs> becomes a huge... Remember, not here. Not here. <laughs> you can hear. 
but if you're not listening, and I know we've developed a lot of skills to pretend that we're listening when we're not really listening. I can see it! Yeah, so there are some skills I've learned them. I've learned also you can use them to your detriment. <laughs> right? But um, listening is important. You know, listening, listening. And he knows what he's talking about because he has had to listen to me um, every day for about two to three hours for months. You know, my wife has a talk show. That, that should explain <laughs> something. She talk. So thank you so much for listening with us, friends. Um... I, we, you know, this really was just a time of reflection on our marriage, just sharing some of the things that we've learned over our few years of life. The last aspect, the last thing I will just share is, um, you know, before, during our seventh year of marriage, reflecting on what happened before, one of the things somebody told us was, you know, the stage of marriage that you are at is almost like, think about it as though you are on a construction site and a building is being built you know they just started building the building so there's materials everywhere there's wood there is cement there are blocks there's stones gravel you know just everywhere and they're digging up the foundation um to to late and so he was saying that for you know for the first seven years of our marriage that's kind of what our marriage looks like and then we were moving into a stage that the marriage was taking shape and so i just want to encourage and remind you that (laughs) i just want to remind you that individually we are on a journey and because we are on a journey individually we are also on a journey together and that means it takes time for us to to grow together marriage just like everything in life has seasons sometimes it's very difficult and hard other times it's blissful other times it's bleh. <laughs> you know, marriage is really just doing life together. And so, you know, I'm blessed to have uh, a husband that loves and cares for me. And that I would say, in a sense, is a rock. He's been a rock for me. Uh, he's truly empowered me. He has truly been a part of helping me to know my capabilities, not to shrink back, not to feel I have to be less than, um, but helping me to be all who God has called me to be, you know, not preventing me from doing the things that I believe God has put on my heart, but supporting me and creating the space. And, you know, through this, yes, definitely demonstrated to me Christ-like love. And, you know, I've had to learn a, a, a lot <laughs> in marriage because as I was saying, you know, life is in a sense about leveling up. So you move from one stage of um selfishness you know to another stage of having to learn to be more selfless you know i.e marriage and then to another stage of having to be even more selfless i.e child you know and they're just different levels to the things that god has called us to be and with many of the things that we go through life transitions um you know, and blessings that we have. There are trials, there are difficulties that we're going to have to go through, but we can always remember that God is here for us. And, you know, even though we went through difficult periods, now that in a sense we have been able to heal through it, we can see where God was present and active and how it has even brought us closer together, um, seeing where we can 
uh, operate in purpose together, operate in oneness. And I know and believe that this is not just true of us, but it is true of others. So I just pray, Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you that you are a God that loves marriages. You love weddings. I believe you love, you know, the first miracle you did was at a wedding and to give people wine. Like it's not even the most critical thing, but it was important. Lord God, you love weddings and even though it doesn't have to be a big splash and do, you know, you love to give us the desires of our heart. You want to see us enjoy life and enjoy life with you, Father God. So I pray, Lord God, for those who are at different stages of this journey, for those who desire a spouse, Lord God, I pray that you will find one for them, that you will let them, you know, if there's somebody right under the nose, that you will let them see them, Lord Father God, and that they will be able to to um to build a relationship in you that if the person is not around lord god that you will send them from wherever they are <laughs> lord god so that they can meet them and build a relationship lord god and i pray that people will be intentional not about preparing for marriage so much so as building their relationship with you yielding to you more lord god and then you will tell them when to prepare lord god and then you will bring the spouse to them father god i pray for those who are courting that you will give them the grace to learn each other in this space lord god to um to 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 be pure lord god and to not allow themselves to go down roads that they shouldn't go for example you know we didn't kiss but not everybody has that conviction lord god but i pray lord god that you prevent them from you know having sex before his time and even as my mother says don't awaken love before his time i pray for those who you are not desiring to be in a relationship right now that they will not awaken love before his time father god i pray for those who are getting married i pray that you'll provide you know just everything that they need as you did for us lord god the timing just every single thing when they look back on that list they'll be able to tick it all off to say god did this for me and even and whatever wasn't ticked they would say well we didn't need that anyways i thought i wanted it i thought i needed it but it's really not what i needed lord god show yourself and your goodness in those who desire to get married lord god for those who are struggling in marriage god marriage isn't easy but you are the god of marriage and i pray that you will teach husbands how to love their wives as christ loved the church i pray that you'll teach wives us wives how to respect our husband and submit to them in everything that it's hard lord god but if both husband and wife do what they're supposed to do father god lord the marriage will be beautiful it will work and we'll be able to weather the storms together help us to give each other grace for where we have flaws and sometimes you know the flaws are not like a dibby dibby flaw <laughs> simple flaws they can be very hurtful flaws lord god that hurt us to the core as a spouse father but i pray even in that we'll remember how you forgive us over and over and over for how we offend you and even offend others oh god and i pray that we will see restoration in marriages in the name of jesus i declare restoration of marriages i pray for those marriages on the brink of break up lord god and i pray that you will cause them to to come to you and they will find love in you Lord God, the love that they need, everything that they're looking to their spouse for, I pray that they'll find it in you and then be able to come to each other, Lord God, and serve each other. Help us, help me to serve my husband more, Lord God. And I pray that truly as men and women of God, that we will be a representative of Christ and the church, Lord God, 
to the world so that we may shine a light and show and give hope to a world that is broken and hopeless, Lord God. And I pray, Father Jesus, that there will be no condemnation, Lord God. As you said, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if anybody is feeling guilty now, I pray that you remove the guilt, guilt, help them to recognize you, you know, um, you're willing to forgive them and cleanse them of all unrighteousness when they confess. And I pray that they will make amends, Lord God, if they have done wrong to their spouse, Lord God. And I pray just restoration. I declare it in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, listeners. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much, listeners, for joining them. I had to go and do daddy duties <laughs> so he couldn't come back. Um, you know, but thank you so much for listening and tuning in today. And you could just, you if you want more information, feel free to check us out. Check me out on Instagram. That's Journeying with Joe on Instagram or Journeying with Joe One on Facebook. If you want to hear more about our stories, you can look for Ivy Wed Damoyan Joanna on YouTube. Um, you can also hear our song Dying to Love You um, on YouTube. Uh, you just type in Dying to Love You, The Simpsons. You can also hear a little bit more of our general story on House of Clay um, with hosts Kavan and Keisha Allen on Instagram. So have a wonderful day and God be with you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside.